Welcome to the Brand Builders Love Podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, business coach, author, speaker, and the creator of Brand Builders Academy and the Amplify Accelerator. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to become a bold and powerful voice in your industry. Hey, friend. Welcome back to the podcast. Amazing to have you here again. As always, I hope that you're doing well. How are you feeling about getting close to the end of the year? Are you excited about it? Do you feel like you got some stuff done this year that you wanted to? Has it been a total bin fire? (laughs) Or have there been some positives? I think that when we have a year like this, I think sitting down and actually looking at what went well, what was good about this year? Hopefully there are a few things that you can account for this year. I've I've had an interesting year, you know, like everybody. Lockdown was a nightmare, but I've had some really amazing clients and, you know, Amplify went into full swing this year. Uh, I don't know if you know, like I launched it in 2019 and then I didn't do anything with it in 2020 and then we've relaunched it in 2021 and now it's going great and I love my clients and it's so much fun. Uh, and so, yeah, there's there's been some good things this year and I think we have to focus on those too. So I hope that you're doing well. I am excited to introduce today's guest to you. Annie and I connected through uh, another amazing entrepreneur, Kate McGibbon, a while ago. I'm pretty sure that was where we connected. And I had seen Annie's work and I knew that at some point I wanted to have her on the podcast. Annie Kachuri is the founder of Uplifting Studios, a platform dedicated to supporting online business owners to build racially equitable businesses so they can be intentionally inclusive. Annie has become a leading diversity, equity and inclusion or DEI coach and consultant for online entrepreneurs, most notably of which is her partnership with the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she supports trainees and coaches. She is deeply passionate about representation through a racial justice lens and combines her experience as an internationally certified life coach, her love of storytelling and her extensive career as a human resource specialist to deliver Represented, a transformational online program which has been described as a must for all business owners who are ready to build a culturally and racially diverse, inclusive and equitable business. Annie's grace, gentle spirit and passion for a racially equitable world is setting her apart in the coaching and personal development industry as a compassionate educator with an incredible space holding ability. Annie has called Australia home for more than 20 years, having relocated from Kenya as an international student. She now lives in New South Wales with her husband and two children. She brings so much substance, thought, provoking questions and ideas and the work that she does in the world is important. It's made me think about my community and how I lift up women of color and minority groups who may not have the visibility and the voice that many others have. And as my purpose in my business and in life is to support women to become bold and powerful voices in the world and claim their space with confidence, I've kind of taken it on as a personal mission 
to make sure that I am focusing on the women that don't have the platform and how I can be a real mouthpiece and a elevator for them and what they do. And so I think this is a really important podcast episode and you know, you as my listeners, I really wanted to bring this to you as well because I think if we can all start thinking a little bit more about how we look at diversity and inclusion, how we look at equality and how we look at how we support those who may not have the access, the opportunity, the availability of resources that we have at our disposal, uh, I think that it's really important. So this conversation is awesome. Annie shares uh, some resources, a free download. You'll find it in the show notes as well that you should definitely check out. I'd really encourage you to download it and take a look at it uh, and yeah, enjoy this episode. I think it was a really important conversation to have and I really enjoyed having it with her. Annie, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Suze. I've been looking forward to this conversation. So good, so good. So Annie, I discovered you, I feel like I just discovered you this year actually, uh, and I was looking at the work that you were doing, I was looking at your program and your website and all the rest of it, uh, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think I have anybody else in my community, maybe one other person, that talks about inclusion, diversity, equality, et cetera. And I just thought, I think this is a conversation that I really want to have and I really want to share with my listeners as well. So I've done a little bit of an intro, but I'd really love to know, how did you get here? Mm. So I uh, I feel like this work called me into it. it. It's not something that I ever saw myself doing when you're thinking about career uh, direction and decisions. It, it wasn't one that I saw, oh, I'm going to be your DEI coaching consultant for online business owners. No, I feel like situations just led me here. But um, you know, initially, I um, my background is in HR. And uh, that's something that I did and was passionate and was, you know, in corporate Australia for over 15 years doing human resource management. And then I had my first baby. I'm a mom of two. And things kind of changed for me in terms of priorities and uh, just wasn't lit up by the corporate world and always felt like I wanted to have my own gig, do my own thing. And being a mom just kind of put my priorities in a different order. And storytelling is actually something that I had been pursuing for some time, but always felt like I couldn't do it because I didn't see others, particularly on mainstream media, who looked like me. I'm a Black migrant woman uh, from Kenya, and I just didn't see that uh, representation. And so it's a dream that I kind of tacked away. But becoming mom uh, allowed me to put that aside and really follow my dream and went ahead and made a documentary series that did really well and got picked up for broadcast um, by Foxtel here in Australia, New Zealand. And recently last year got picked up in my home country of Kenya on television. And so being a mom really changed things for me in terms of looking at how can I use what I have as a force for good 
And becoming a mom for the second time really ignited that desire to want to tell our stories, our stories of people of color, and telling them in a light that is positive, that is often not told, um, particularly for those of us who come from Africa. There, there's that perception of that we are coming here to save ourselves or because there's so much lack and illness and disease. And whilst that narrative is true and it exists, it isn't for everybody. There are plenty who have come here out of their own volition, who want to work hard and make a difference and contribute to the Australian economy. And those stories were not being told. And so I started to do that. I got into life coaching as well and became a trained and qualified life coach. And I started supporting migrant women of color to really unshackle their limiting beliefs and step into, you know, their work, their calling in a way that they hadn't before. And it was through doing that work and spotlighting our stories of rising um, that I really felt connected to the D and I side of things from my HR background and felt like I wanted to really dig deeper into this. And then it was through the murder of George Floyd last year in May that began this for me in terms of I was really affected by it more than I have been before with other of the um, cases that we have seen and heard and I felt I wanted to do something so I put together a panel discussion on racism and um, that really set off this journey of me getting into this work and really working with my peers in the coaching industry and wanting to educate them about how they can be intentionally inclusive. Yeah, and I think that that's definitely, you know, there was so much around that when that happened last year with George Floyd and I'm in communities in the US where obviously it exploded and there there were so many conversations around it. So I'd love to know, What was the conversation that you were having that business owners and the coaches and the, you know, that you were working with? What was that conversation? What were the questions that you were getting? Hmm. There was just a huge lack of awareness. There was just like um, they did not know how inequitable the industry was It wasn't until it was pointed out that there isn't much inclusion for people of color, for black people, for indigenous people, but the penny kind of dropped and went like, oh my goodness, I realize I'm only serving people who look like me. When I look at my customers, you know, it is just, there isn't much diversity as far as, you know, race goes. And I absolutely want to change that. It hasn't been something that I have done deliberately. It has just fallen that way because of the network that I have around me. And so the questions that kept coming up was, how can I be inclusive? What can I do right now to make my business more diverse and inclusive? That was a number one question. And so what were some of the answers that you gave? I mean, I'm really interested in the conversation as a whole. Because um, when I said that, you know, obviously we met this year, there's another client, uh, well, a client of mine, Dixie Crawford, who is an Aboriginal um, woman, she, uh, we were working together when all of this happened and she ran a series of online workshops to really 
you know, educate on the history of Aboriginal people and what it looks like in like for organisations to be diverse and inclusive. And I come from a HR and recruitment background myself. Uh, and diversity and inclusion is an interesting yes. phrase in corporate. I think that it's something that's talked about. I'm not, I don't believe in my time it was something that was actioned in any real way. Yes. Yes, I have to agree with that. And so, and so what sort of conversations? So obviously people are saying, how do I be, how are we more diverse or how are we more inclusive in our businesses? Was there anything else that came up? Because I think that that lack of awareness mm. that it's even a problem yeah. is an interesting, I'm going to use the word interesting. It's an interesting perspective as well. Like what were, what were your conversations around that? There was a lot of guilt, yeah. you know, feeling like, but I am an inclusive person. I am not not inclusive. I am inclusive. So um, tell me what to do right now. And here's the thing. There isn't a quick fix formula on being inclusive and having a diverse, you know, kind of clients that you're serving. It really requires you to do the inner work, you know, getting aware, you know, getting yourself into these classes and reading and educating yourself about the problem that exists. It's not a quick fix. Okay, let's sit down. Let's look at the people you're serving. Okay, now let's do a big call out to people who identify in this way so that you can serve them. No, it really needs to come from doing that personal work in first and foremost, because that will in many ways inform how you run your business. So understanding the differences that exist, understanding where your um, implicit bias comes from, because we all have implicit biases and understanding about the stereotypes and the beliefs, the internal systems that have been, you know, we grew up with that have shaped the way we think and believe and have very much contributed to how we are doing business. Being able to, you know, unpack that a little bit, to look at the history of what what has led you here and then begin to put things in place that can make you more consciously aware of what to do moving forward to be more inclusive. So that's something that you cannot skip. You've got to go through that and be in a place where as you make these changes within your business, you're doing them not only consciously, but so that you can be sustainable. It's not just something that you're just doing in the height of this being a realization, but it's something that becomes part and parcel of how you run your business on an ongoing basis. Mm. And what is that bias? What does that bias look like? Because I think the other thing is people are like, well, I'm not like, I'm not biased. I'm not ra- I'm not racist. I'm not biased. I, you know, I treat everybody equally, yes. but what is that bias that we we may not be aware of? I think understanding that when it comes to people who identify as black, brown, indigenous, and people of color, there are challenges and setbacks that they face. Things are not 
equitable for them. And I use the term equitable because it's quite different from uh, equality. You know, equality is when you're trying to treat everybody the same, um, which is great, but trying to treat everybody the same when their needs are different doesn't work. So equity comes into play when you are trying to meet people at their point of need and, and, and giving them the right support so that they can potentially, you know, catch up with everybody else. And so there's a huge disparity um, that Black, Indigenous, and people of color face. And it's being able to understand, okay, so there are setbacks that exist and having that understanding. And how can I then come in with my expertise to be able to support that? So for example, if you have um, people who identify as Black, who have issues um, accessing funding for um, their business, and you are somebody who has that financial background and you know how to put together um, great business proposals, how can you then partner with them to ensure that maybe there are certain areas that they're not addressing that they could do better to see them have, you know, um, outcomes that are a little bit more favorable for them and be able to build those businesses that they want to build. So it's really understanding that as an example, knowing the expertise that you have and the issue that this particular group may be facing and how you can come in and, uh, you know, be of assistance. And how do you make those connections? Like we were just, you were talking about before that people like, you know, when I look at my community, when I look at my client base, Mm -hmm. I seem to have attracted this this type of client um, unintentionally or, you know, uh, yeah, unintentionally. And so when you're looking to have that influence or work with people like that, how do you find those groups? How do you start to shift the like who you're working yes, with? Yes, yes. That's a great question and one that gets asked a fair bit. And it's all about expanding your network. You've got to be in a position where you are growing and expanding your network and being Uh, deliberate, conscious about how you're doing that. And we're living in times of social media. And so, you know, friendships and relationships are being built that way. I think that's how you and I have, have gotten to know each other a little bit more. And so being more deliberate in who you are following online, um, finding more about if it's matters to do with DEI, searching on that and seeing who are people who you feel align with you from a values perspective, because not everybody who looks different to you is somebody that you will feel connected to. Mm. But beginning to follow accounts that don't look like you, but in some way, you're very interested in the work that they have to do and creating an organic relationship in that way, liking, commenting, in, in, a, in a genuine way, you're mm. not just doing it because at the end of the day, you want to just fill up your, you know, your, your networks with certain kind of people, but you're doing it from a genuine, you know, perspective. And that has worked for me. That is one, you know, I'm, I'm pretty um, active on, on Instagram. And so that has been an avenue that I have pursued and have done quite well. And a lot of my connections have come from there, people who have never met but have become really good friends due to the fact that what they have to offer is something that I'm really interested in and what I have to offer is something that is of interest to them as well. Yeah, amazing. And so when I was reading through your website as well, you were talking about 
serving from a place of alignment with your values Mm -hmm. when it comes to the work that you're doing? What does that mean? Yes. um, Alignment with your values is I I work with a lot of soul-led and heart-led business owners. And so it is um, wanting to work with people who are like that as well, people who have similar values. And a lot of times when we're talking about our ICA, you know, our ideal customers, we often think of people who are like us and who look like us and potentially went to the same school, or this is kind of Mm. what you think about when you think of your ICA. But we tend to forget that it's not just about the demographics that is important, but it's also the other things that are really, really important, you know, um, the heart-led stuff that connects us. And so if we're able to factor that, then we can connect with people who come from different backgrounds because that aligns with our values and who we are as human beings. And I think we have been very much led as we're trying to find our ideal customer, really focused on somebody who is potentially like us. And in so doing, have left out a whole group of people who you may potentially serve really, really well because you're aligned from a heart-led perspective. Mm, Yeah. And when it comes to businesses, and I know that you've got a program as well for business owners, when it comes to businesses being or looking at how they're culturally, racially diverse, inclusive, equitable. Yeah. What are some of the things within a business? So we sort of talked about, you know, taking a look at your ICA. We've talked about increasing like who you're following so that you've got a broader spectrum of, of, you know, ideas and voices and things like that. From within a business, what are some of the things that we might need to be more aware of when it comes to building a business where we are advocates, but we're also doing the work ourselves and we're reflecting that in the business that we're, we're, we've got and that we're trying to grow as well. Yes. So it's not just within who you're serving because a lot mm. of times you're thinking who 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 am I serving who are my customers but it's also who you're learning from who are you consuming content from when you look at the books that you're buying or listening to who are the authors are they just one type of people that you always kind of subscribe to the groups that you belong to you know um, where you're spending your dollar is this coming from a group of people who are, again, identify as those who coming from a marginalized group, if I may say, or again, are you still identifying with those who are very much like you? So it is looking beyond that. Who are you having? Who are the guests who are coming onto your podcast? And not just people who are talking about DEI, because I think every time there's um, topics to do of this nature, this is when we see people of color and indigenous people being given a platform. But beyond that, when it comes to business coaches and marketing gurus and uh, you know um, financial experts they are there they are there but we're just not you know tapping into that so it is really being able to look broadly enough in all the touch points within your business in terms of who you're learning from who you're consuming from and also collaborations you know when collaborations happen 
and you know you've seen somebody and you want to connect with them you know how could you expand this to include others who may normally not be included when you have events that have been set up um and perhaps you're in an all white lineup it's questioning that and saying mm. Um, I would love to be part of this, but I'd also love to see some more diversity. And by the way, here are some great people who I think would make, um, you know, great guests either for your podcast or for your event. And, um, and, and so it's being consciously aware, not just in who you're serving, but who you're collaborating with and who you are learning from as well. Mm. And I'd love to ask, because when I think right now of the Australian landscape, yeah, yeah, okay, so I'm part of a coaching group in the US. It has got a very large black community within the program, which I don't feel I see here. Yeah, yeah. so obviously, like I said, when everything happened last year, the, you know, the coach that I'm working with, she's super vocal um, you know, she, they've got like an inclusive language policy on all coaching calls. They're very overt about it. Um, they've talked about how they've worked through their diversity and inclusion with all their employees um, and looking at who they employ and all the rest of it. Yes. Uh, it's just a real, like, it's such an open conversation and it's a very, um, what's the word? Uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't feel like I'm seeing it here. It's very compelling, like what they talk about. And it's very open and it's talked about a lot. Whereas I just don't feel like we see it a lot here. And even as we're talking now, when I think about black leaders yeah. or voices that I can think of, think of off the top of my head, there's probably like, four, <laughs> you know, like four or five. And that's okay. maybe my, you know, like maybe I need to broaden who I'm listening to, mm. but I guess in the circles that I'm in, there's like a few names, faces that I know. What do you think about diversity in the female entrepreneur space when it comes to women of colour, black, et cetera, other, from other, you know, Asian, Indian, yeah. et cetera. What are your thoughts? We're definitely not seeing anywhere close to enough of it here in Australia. Yeah. And I think it's because this topic of race has been so taboo for us. It's like the no-go zone. You know, it's a big elephant in the room that nobody addresses or talks about because it's really uncomfortable. And I believe it's uncomfortable because we haven't really dealt with our past, our history, you know, how we've treated our First Nations people. That has never been addressed. It's always been something that's been so uncomfortable and not quite going there. And, and so there's a past that needs to be dealt with and reckoned with that is kind of just sitting there but also I feel in terms of what we're seeing on mainstream media and taking it back to my personal story of really not seeing myself represented and feeling like I cannot be on television I cannot pursue this because I'm not seeing it you know we are very multicultural but when it comes to the voices that have been mm. showcased and um, uh, spotlighted we are not seeing that diversity and I think it really comes from that 
that hesitation of race being a thing that is embraced and spoken about, it's still very taboo. And I think we've actually even seen quite a bit of um, uh, the ability to talk about this a lot more because of what happened last mm. year with George Floyd. We've been able to open up this conversation that has been very much taboo. I feel uh, because of the networks I have, Suze, there are some incredible entrepreneurs out there. And I know um, a personal friend who has a conference for women of color that she launched last year, the wow. first kind in Melbourne, where you're at. Mm. And she's doing it again for the second year. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's had to be virtual just because of what the pandemic has done to us um, in terms of meeting and coming together. But it's the first of its kind. And it's bringing not just women of color, it's, it's definitely spotlighting them, but it's their allies as well, mm. you know, coming in to support them. And so they are there that the, the women and leaders of color are there we just don't know about them because they're not being given a platform for it and what's that called that conference um it's called colorful it's called colorful and it's by a lady by the name of winitha bonnie and uh it's just something that has been quite refreshing and uh very much needed in in that um industry yeah because no i've not heard of that at all but I think that that's, yeah, I think that that's really interesting because I know that Kemi, who is part of the Business Chicks Network and the coaching Beautiful You that you were, I know that she wrote an article um, last year on it uh, mm-hmm. and, and her experiences and things like that. But like I said, the, like there's like <laughs> you, there's Kemi, <laughs> there's like a couple of other people and I just find it really interesting. Yeah. yeah that there isn't more diversity because we are such a multicultural yes. country. It, you are so right, Suze. You're absolutely spot on and right. And I think it's it's purely out of opportunity. And, you know, one of the things I have often heard said is when it comes to allyship, because as you know, allyship is something that I talk lots yes. about. It's... Um, how can you mention the names of women of color or black women or indigenous women who are doing great things, who are making a difference, who need to be known of? You know, that's the most powerful thing you can do as somebody who is connected, as somebody who has a platform, as somebody who has a sphere of influence. I mean, we're leaders. And so we have our own spheres where we we're influential. And so it's mentioning those names those uh, women like Winitha or, you know, the others that are not quite known but are doing substantial work. And in fact, she has an order of um, uh, Australia medal. She's an o- yeah, OAM um, recipient. So there are there. We just don't know about them. We're just not hearing about them. Yeah. And I feel like I'm like, I should, I should not. I should know more about these women. So I will do my research and then I will share that with my community because like you said, I think that it's up to us to, you know, I, like I said, I know Dixie um, and I know that she's sort of, you know, brought a lot of the Aboriginal story through recently. Um, And it's just been, yeah, it's just been such a, it's such an eye opener as well. And I mean, I come from South Africa Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm classified as a woman of color, but 
when I look at my community, I don't, I don't feel like I see a representation of mainstream Australia, which I'm just, I'm like, why is that? Like, what is. But, you know, here's the thing, Suze, just through this conversation you and I have had, you have gotten to know about somebody else who's doing Mm. incredible things. And then out of that, who knows, because this might get you quite curious of, hey, hang on, you know, I really want to find out who's out there, who's doing something and um, just get to know about them and their business. And that will just open a can that will open a can and you'll be like, I had no idea. I had no idea that this, and we're all connected because you mentioned Winitha. I mentioned Winitha. She and her and Kemi are great friends. And in fact, Kemi was a keynote speaker at the first conference last year. So um, they're all, we're all interconnected and we're there just um, hoping to to um, have our work put on larger platforms that can influence more people. Do you think that women of colour, and this could be a really ignorant question on my part, are not as visible or they're just not, they are visible, they're just not followed as, like I'm really, I'm actually kind of a little bit stumped. I'm like, why are there not more leaders? Why are they not more visible? Is it that they've chosen not to be that way? Is that, or is it that they're just not getting the attention? Like what is it? You know, I think there's there's a number of things. It would be difficult to just, you know, no, say know. this is the one thing. But <laughs> there are a number of things. The, the first thing for me, um, I believe, is that lack of access. It's okay. the lack of access. And as you do this work, as you do this um, racial equity work that I teach, you will begin to realize when it comes to equity, it truly is about a lack of access to opportunities, access to, you know, knowing the people that you need to know and having those connections that are door openers for you to, to step you into, you know, um, where you want to go and shine a light on the work that you're doing. The women are there and they're they're in droves. It's the opportunities as well. And also, um, you know, there are many things that come into play, not being able to network properly, not being able to know enough people who are in positions who can elevate them. So there's a lot that comes into play as well. And not to mention the limiting beliefs that we all face, and then couple that by the barriers and the challenges that don't allow um, us to be truly seen, unless somebody who is well known mentions our name and people are like, hey, how come I didn't know about you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, get out there. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, They're definitely there. And here's the thing. Once you start looking, you find them and you're like, oh, my goodness, here they are. And um, how can we share their work a little bit Mm. more? And also, um, you know, this is where we need business coaches like you, Suze, helping, um, you know, this kind of group of women who are not being seen, who need to be more visible, because I know working with migrant women of color, a big issue has been visibility, Mm. being visible, especially when you're not in a space where you're seeing yourself represented, you're faced with so many things that make you feel less than, that make you feel unworthy. And so you have that to deal with, you know, in addition to all the other things. And so having 
having somebody who is a business coach who appreciates that and is doing this work to be able to just help propel and push us and, and, and you know, help discover mm. the full potential that exists is really, really needed. And that's why I really enjoy working with business co- coaches because it's such a potential. They're, they're change makers. There's mm. such a potential there. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, I grew up, my mom used to lecture in front of like 300 women every every week um, when I was growing up. Uh, and, you know, she went through the apartheid system in South Africa and, um, you know, there were a lot of not particularly nice stories and all the rest of it. And so, you know, me coming to Australia at two and watching her my whole life, to me it was never something that was not possible. Right. And so when you talk about them not seeing, you know, what is possible for them, yeah, I just think sometimes we take for granted what we grew up with or the role models that we had, whether it's personally or professionally. Um, Yeah, and I just, it's, it's so interesting. Like even when I think back to my leaders and things like that, like I had quite a mix and, and I just think sometimes you don't realise that a lot of people don't have that. Absolutely, absolutely. Being brought up maybe in a, in, in a country or a home where you're like, oh, you know, we, are, we, we can't be too loud or we can't be too visible or this is the place we have been sort of delegated to and this is how we, we've got to keep between this these mm. confines and these boundaries. Absolutely, that is there. The upbringing plays such a huge role. But those who have had mothers or role figures who have really been outspoken and been doing um, this kind of advocacy work, you see the difference in their children. Even when you hear stories like Michelle Mm. Obama in her book, Becoming, you know, talking about the conversations around the dinner table where they were allowed to ask every and any question Mm. and they were um, affirmed about who they were, that they were worthy. And so for her rising to where she was at and all the, you know, negativity that came with it, she was able to hold her head up up high because of where she came from so that's something that we cannot take for granted for sure yeah and it was really interesting as well like obviously through through everything that's happened in the last year my daughter has got olive skin like me my son is like a ghost like my husband he's he's like a blue white Mm -hmm. uh and even those discussions were really interesting um that that kind of came up in our home and so, yeah, I just, I just think that it's conversations that the majority of households probably don't have. Yes. There's no need for them to have it or, that, you know, when big things happen like what happened with George Floyd, then it maybe is a conversation that's raised in the home, those sorts of things. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm definitely um, interested in in focusing in and I can't believe I hadn't heard of colorful uh before so I will definitely go and check that out as well but yeah I'm I am really keen and want to start to talk more about this and be able to share with my community you know a diverse range of voices as well because I think that that's just so important Um, And so is there anything else that you want to share, Annie, today that you feel we need to be thinking about, conscious of, working towards uh, generally within our business and the way that we are inclusive? 
Absolutely. The number one question I get asked is, um, where do I start? Because I am afraid. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to add more harm. And this work is, is pretty confronting. Where do I begin? And what I often say is allyship, understanding, you know, what is it um, that it would take to be a genuine ally and advocate for people of color? And I have created a free guide. It's a free PDF guide with 10 actionable steps that you can begin to take today to become a genuine ally and advocate. And to go with that, I am hosting a free live training purely on allyship in action. How does that look like? What is the difference between being genuine and performative? How can I incorporate this, not just in my business, but in my life? And uh, how do I overcome the blockers that get in the way? Because those are the things that stop us from taking action. So I'll be sharing that in a live training on the 24th of November. Fantastic. So good. So we'll have the links to all of that in the show notes, along with all of your links and your socials and your website and everything else. But I've really valued your time and the work that you do. Um, And I know that it's not easy. And I know that these conversations that you're having with business owners are not easy. But, you know, I think that it's so important. And this is for all of my listeners for us to ask the question, how do I become an ally? What does this look like for me in my business? How do I raise others' voices who do not have the visibility and the opportunity that maybe I have had? And I think that if we, if more of us can ask those questions and it's, you know, it's always small steps. Nobody's asking you to, you know, organize a protest in the city. Nobody's asking you to, you know, get out and do big things. It's just, what are the things that you can do right now? The small steps that you can start to take downloading Annie's freebie, checking out the webinar, starting to educate yourself is such an important thing to do. I think. And it's, and I'm right here. I'm right alongside doing the same work too. So, you know. Absolutely. We need more people like you who are doing this work. And also when you look around your business and you see who are the businesses that I'm supporting, who are the businesses that I'm elevating so that they can make it. If I'm not seeing enough of diversity, that means that we're just helping one group of people propel and move up Mm. and wondering why, why aren't we seeing any changes? Why aren't we seeing all people being included? Let's have a look within our own businesses and see who are the people we're supporting and elevating and what can we do to understand what we need to do better at. Amazing. I love it. Annie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me, Suze. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I know that I did and I'm really grateful for Annie coming on the podcast and sharing that with us. If you've got any questions, then definitely go and connect with her at Uplifting Studios. That's her handle on Instagram. And definitely go check out her download as well. I think that this is something that we can all be more aware of uh, and conscious of and just think about how we are being allies and how we're being advocates wherever possible.
Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. The music to this podcast was created by Ixon on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.